Welcome back to State of Play. Today, I'm gonna to be joined by Marcus Thatcher. Marcus uh, is the Assistant uh, Commissioner of the GLIAC. I, I really appreciate him coming on. Last week, I did a pretty tough, scathing review of what I think is going on with the GLIAC. Marcus, to his credit, reached out, um, wanted to answer some questions. Um, it just kind of in response to what I had to say. Um, as I'll tell anybody, it's one man's opinion, and I really am excited to hear what he has to say. I think for anybody that maybe took anything away from, from my comments, um, listen to what Marcus has to say coming up on the interview today, um, and that will be a great opportunity to see what they're doing in the future, what their direction of the league is. And I am a GLIAC supporter, so I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say, talking a little bit about what is going to be done to improve what I think is one of the best leagues in the country, but has fallen on hard times in my opinion. I really appreciate Marcus having the temerity and the stomach to be able to come out and, and answer that after what I think was some tough criticism. Don't know what anybody else's thoughts are on that, but I think I gave them some tough criticism. And to come on uh, the, any kind of a show, episode, and do an interview and kind of reaction, I, I think shows a lot um, on, on him and, and what I hopefully am going to project to, towards the leadership of that league. So, so excited to hear what he has to say. I'm certainly applaud him for coming on and, and getting a chance to talk a little bit about the league. Today I want to talk um, first segment about the dreaded, the awful recruiting service in college football. I say that with a lot of jokes behind it. For many of you that got a chance to watch this James Franklin video that seemed to take off, took off with the wind, ran about how recruiting services are awful and you shouldn't pay for them. I wanna make some comments, okay? Because I've been kind of worked up over this. I've made a few comments on social media and I really appreciate Bob Shipley for making a comment onto my re response. Um, rarely do I get anybody, especially with Bob's credibility to comment. So the fact that he even made a comment, I really applaud him for stepping on and saying something, because um, I think messages from people like Bob, from people that are in the game are important. And I'm gonna leave an open invitation to Bob Shipley to come on this show and be a guest. It's not as easy just to flip around and come on as a guest in, in 24 hours, I get it. So I'm gonna make some comments. I'm gonna be critical of Bob, I'm gonna be critical of James Franklin. I'm gonna be critical of everybody involved and especially college football when it comes to the message we should be giving parents and families and high school coaches. Okay, but the open invitation is going to extend to Bob to come on the show and talk about it more even after this episode. So again, um, I really appreciate his statement. So if you follow me on Twitter, at Fedrosi1156, see what I had to say a little bit. I'm going to kind of recount some of those comments and messages that I made. I'm going to talk a little bit about Bob's response. I'm going to talk a lot about the video from Coach Franklin. And for anybody that didn't get a chance to see the video from Coach Franklin, there is a kind of, you know, I'll use the word viral. I, I don't know what makes something viral. How many views do you have to have to make something viral? I'm not really sure about that. So if someone wants to comment, comment on it, let me know. I hope it is. I hope it is a viral video. But there's a little, about a one minute clip of Coach Franklin um, at a sound mind, sound body camp, which is the ironic part of all of it. That Coach Franklin, the head coach at Penn State, who I have a great deal of respect for, and I think is probably, in my opinion, the premier coach in that league. You know, Coach Christ, I think, is right there as far as what he does at Wisconsin. You know, Penn State's a premier program, but Ohio State has really been the, been the big dog in a while. Michigan has struggled for a while. And I think with what Penn State has to work with, where they're located, I have a hard time saying they're not the best team in that league as far as what they do, how they do things. So I have a great deal of respect for Coach Franklin and his and his program and what he does there. He's a Division II guy, played in played in the PSAC, played Division II football. Um, so I'm excited for him to see him move up the ranks and make it to the high level of college football that he's at and kind of come back home, I guess, if you want to say it. Um, so he's done a great job there as far as what he's done at Penn State. He's taken him down to Indianapolis. So I have no concerns there. The problem I have with the message that he talks about on this one-minute video is – what he's telling to everybody. Because here's the problem we have in society, and this is why I kind of started State of Play to talk a little bit about leadership. People on social media, adults, not kids, adults, have a massive problem taking social media and what they hear and think it's 100% reality, and they don't see any side of it. And actually, you could see it in the responses from when Bob, comment, Bob Shipley commented on my statement about how I don't agree with the tone and the direction. People don't have brains apparently to listen and really understand the message and, and read what people are trying to say and then apply it to their own lives. And that's the problem I have with the tone. First of all, someone to video that and put it out, I think is a little bit, you, you've got some serious problems, okay? You're probably just trying to be a viral person and oh, wow, look at me guy, okay? But at the end of the day, I'm just gonna evaluate it, it's out there. 
So Coach Franklin goes out there and talks about how they don't think that parents should be paying for a recruiting service, okay? He, th he says that every time he gets one of these emails or videos from a recruiting service automatically in the trash, okay? That they only watch films from recruiting services for ones that they pay for. And he also goes on to talk about how he only goes into and calls about 20 high schools to get the information on the kids. There's a lot of problems with that message, in my opinion. Okay, Bob Shipley jumps on and, and quotes it, which again, it says, right, I, I, I respect Bob and I wish he would talk more um, about this. And, and uh, again, I'd love to have him on a conversation, but Bob Shipley, someone who's got great credibility, great uh, name recognition, was at the University of Texas, goes on there and talks about how kids will never get any noticed by a Division I school from a recruiting service that a parent pays for. Okay, and it's, that's what I'm talking about, the tone. I'm not talking about how challenging college football is. If you ever listen to my message for the high schools that I work with, the, the clients that I work with, the parents and the families that I get a chance to talk to through my recruiting service, I talk to them about college football, because that's my expertise, and really college athletics in general, though, being the greatest challenge and demanding environment in your life right next to joining the United States Military Academy, which I have the highest regard for. So I'm not gonna get in an argument about whether or not I believe or don't believe that college football is demanding and it should be tough. That wasn't the direction that I meant. The direction I meant is telling people not to invest in a recruiting service. Okay, well, I, I wanna go back to that in a second, but I wanna also talk about this. I spent 15 years coaching college football. I was a college football coach for 15 years. Okay, I'm, I've since left the game, okay? And I started a recruiting service. As much as I love my brother for jumping on there, my brother Scott Fedrosi is a high school coach over in the state of Michigan doing a great job. I love the fact that he's in there, hear that message and think that it's gonna impact me and my company. And I love you, Scott, but I am a recruiting service. I started a recruiting service to do exactly this, that Bob and James Franklin are talking about, to give solutions to people so that hopefully, unless they have exhausted all of their options, and I'm gonna talk about this in real strong detail because I think Coach Franklin's direction, tone, and guidance is awful to, to America right now in this country of college football and college athletics just in general. But I started a company, I started a recruiting service to explicitly help people navigate through the challenges. So is that recruiting service bad? I don't do a ton with exposure, it's not my focus. I don't do a ton where I'm sending emails out. Actually, it's not a, not a part of my service, but I am a recruiting service. And there's a lot of the, all the people that I work with have said, wow, this guidance and this education, this, this, this knowledge that you're sharing, as my brother said, I'm a sharer, which is an awesome statement. I'm gonna steal that, Scott. I'm gonna put that on the resume. But when you talk about that kind of a recruiting service, is that bad? Am I a horrible person? Am I somebody that if, if, if a kid uses the information that I give them, and, and contacts a, a college coach, that, that kid and that parent contact a college coach based off the information I'm giving them, should they throw that in the, in the garbage then? That's the problem with the message and you people on social media don't have the brains or the stomach or the pride to be able to open your eyes to another message. And that's what bothered me, okay, about the whole conversation regarding the James Franklin uh, message. Why is, why is recruiting service bad? That would be the first thing I would say to Coach Franklin to talk about. Don't tell me what you think for Penn State because his entire message was about Penn State. At Penn State, we throw away the film. Awesome, great. For Bob Shipley at, at Texas, maybe you threw away the film. That's awesome. But it's not that simple. It's not as easy as it sounds like for the people at Penn State in Texas. And this is what I call logo envy. It's a real problem in this state of play of sports. It's one of the biggest problems I have in sports. And it's really one of the biggest reasons why I'm glad I'm not involved in sports anymore. Because all people care about, especially on social media, adults, all they care about is what's on the logo. I don't have a logo on, I'm wearing my plain shirt. But people listen and I'll get 5,000 views if this was a Michigan helmet, or if this was a Penn State helmet, or if this was an Alabama helmet. But because it says nothing, won't even listen to that conversation that someone has. I won't even listen to this other side of it. I won't open my mind to what this other person is talking about. Coach Franklin, for you to say you throw away the, the, the videos at Penn State, that's what's best for Penn State, that's awesome. I applaud you for doing that. That's maybe what you should do. That's what you and your staff and your administration believe is best for you, that's awesome. Bob Shipley at Texas, if you guys throw those away, and, and that's awesome. But you don't know that. For any parent listening out there, I am not supporting a third-party recruiting service that you have to pay 
But what I am supporting is you should make that choice yourself. You should make the choice that yourself, what's best for you and your family. Coach Franklin's telling you that's what he does at Penn State. Why would you assume that because what pet, what James Franklin says at Penn State is best for the entire world. And that's what happens on social media. It's because of logo envy. It's because you people are so addicted to what the logo says. You don't say to yourself, wait a minute, hold on. That's just one man's opinion. That's one man's opinion that does a nice job at Penn State. That is the problem I have with the tone and the direction, Bob. That is the issue that I take part in when we sit here and we throw these viral videos out. And I'm going to tell you what, James Franklin must be forgetting about that young man out of Detroit that played at Penn State that was part of a parent-paid recruiting service. He quickly forgot that at this site where he can go out and talk and scream about recruiting services. Funny, he must have forgotten that. And I have a great deal of respect for Coach Franklin. But there are some good recruiting services out there. If you've exhausted all your opportunities working with your high school head coach, my number one message with athletic recruiting, education, and navigation is talk to your high school coach. I like what Bob said about that on his, you know, his second statement on, on the thread that he put out there, not on, in response to me, but the statement he put on there about Coach Franklin's message. He talked about, number one, go talk, have a conversation with your high school coach. 100% right, Bob. You are 100% correct. You are 100% correct that the high school coach is where you, your prospects should go. But here's why it's not so simple. What if maybe the high school coach doesn't want to do a ton of recruiting? It happens. I know in, in the state of Texas or in Florida, it may not be, wait a minute, what? And that's what I got a lot of re responses to Bob's, you know, re retweet or quote to mine, where he kind of slandered the fact that I talked about, it's, he wants to prove that it's tough and everyone likes that. But what if there's a high school coach that doesn't want to recruit? Maybe he just doesn't want to. Maybe he doesn't feel like that's his role. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, high school coaches didn't feel like that was their responsibility to be pushing I'm going to go out there and I'm going to advocate for my kids and I'm going to make sure they get a lot of exposure. A lot of high school coaches don't want to do that, Bob. Some coaches say, you know what, a kid's going to get noticed if he's good enough. Because I agree with James Franklin's statement. There are kids who do not get slept on anymore. They may not get slept on, but that time frame works pretty quick. What if there's no scholarship opportunities left? What if a kid out in a rural school, and maybe even rural Texas, or rural Wisconsin, or rural Michigan, or rural Illinois, has a great senior year? What if he has an awesome senior year? And the high school coach is like, you know what? It's just, this just doesn't, this isn't what I really want to be doing with my life. I'm going to coach the kids. I'm going to make them a great person. But the exposure and grinding and contacting college coaches on my end to push his name out there early, that's just not how I'm feeling, what I want to do with my life. I would applaud you, high school coach, for doing it that way. I really would. That's how you want to do it. That's what you think is the best. Okay, but what if there's a high school coach out there, Bob or James Franklin, that doesn't want to do that? What if there's a high school coach out there who's just like, you know what? This is just not the area that I like. I just want to coach kids. I want to make them better. I want to give them a chance to win here at the high school level. And if they're good enough, someone will find them. In this day and age, that's tough now, Bob. That's really, really hard, James Franklin. That's really, really hard. So what if a family feels like, you know what? We've sat down with the high school coach. The high school coach has told me, I think you can play at the next level. You look like the kind of players that have come through these halls that have played at the next level. You're a good kid. I advocate for you. But I just, I, that's not my area. So I think you should be approaching it. What if that kid doesn't have that conversation until the summer going into his senior year? Are there scholarships left nowadays? Not very many, Bob. You know that. James Franklin, you know that there's not very many scholarships left. So what is that kid supposed to do? He's just supposed to sit back and say, well, it's good. I got pride. I didn't, I didn't pay for a recruiting service. And this is the problem I have with it. That decision should come down to the family and the high school coach. But instead of sharing that message, because this is what I would like to see James Franklin and Bob Shipley and anybody involved in this role say is, you know what, that decision is between you and your high school coach. At Penn State, we like to talk to the high school coach. So if you've discussed it with your high school coach, if that high school coach has said, have at it, then we're all good. Then we would be excited to recruit you. But instead, we set this narrative that maybe now you're throwing a high school coach under the bus, Coach Franklin. Maybe now there's a high school coach out there saying, dang, man. I just, I don't have the time. I got my own family to worry about. I'm working two jobs. I'm coaching high school football here at this rural school. I'm just trying to do my best. And now I got to go out and work even harder for my kids. I, listen, I understand hard work is part of it, but I have a real problem with that message that we're sharing. And now all the people on social media who trust that kind of advice, they don't understand that it's more to it than that. Here's the other problem. How many calls can you take, Coach Franklin? Because it's more than that. The people that I work with, the high school coaches that I work with, we talk every week. It ain't just one viral video that keeps circling around for one minute. It's 30-minute conversations every week that I have with high school coaches, that I have with parents about what you should be doing, what you should be focusing on. 
And that's the problem I have. It's more than that. It's not that simple, Bob. It's not that simple, Coach Franklin. I actually, in a lot of ways, I'd like to see someone stand up and say, I'll start a recruiting service. I'll start a recruiting service to help people. That's what I did. I'm doing it to help people to do it the right way. So I have a problem with that tone and that direction of that one minute little clip because there's more to it than that. It's not that simple. But I also want to bring in two more elements here. Okay, and this might drag a little bit long. I'm kind of passionate about this. Again, it's the whole purpose that I started a business to try and help these things, the exact things that Coach uh, Franklin is talking about. But it's not that simple. It's going to take time before we can get to that point. Okay, but I want to talk a little bit about the high school coach. Because in a lot of ways, what I said earlier, okay, I don't think the high school coach should be doing a lot of this recruiting. I don't think a high school coach should be doing a lot of this exposure stuff. I think that's one thing that they shouldn't be focused on. And let, let this sink in. Because again, unless your logo says Penn State, no one's going to listen to this. No one's going to take this and run with it and, and let it sink into their mind. So I get it. So I'm just talking to myself here. Okay, but the reality is maybe that high school coach does less recruiting. Maybe he becomes a better high school coach. Maybe he becomes a better X's and O's and a better person as far as developing his student athletes, his or her student athletes. Maybe that coach says, you know what? I'm going to pass this all off to a recruiting service. I don't want to do this stuff. My job is to focus on the high school right here, the high school that I work with, the halls that I walk through for the young girls or the young boys that I work with. I don't want to worry about recruiting. And I become a better coach because of that. Maybe my kids, not mine, not Dan Fedrosi's kids, but maybe my, 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 my players that come through my high school win more conference championships. Maybe we go to the state championship more because I'm not doing recruiting. Why can't that be a message? Maybe instead, Coach Franklin, the message should be, we need more recruiting services out there doing it the right way. I don't want to burn out a high school coach. Maybe that high school coach coaches for another five, six, seven, eight, ten years because he's not worried, he or she is not worried about burning themselves out from recruiting, getting in a car and driving their kids to camps, which I've seen, by the way. Hey, Coach Franklin, I've seen high school coaches who don't make very much money. They don't make nearly the kind of money you do. Get in cars, load up their prospects, drive them to your camps. Maybe they're less burned out by saying, hey, it's going to cost you some money. Y'all better start saving up, but jump in that, you know, in that car with this recruiting service. They'll get you around. I'll advocate for you as a person. Why is, why is that a bad message? Yeah, I'm not advocating for it. If you go back and read a lot of my tweets from way long ago, you'll read about, I don't think parents should be paying thousands of dollars for a recruiting service, but why can't they open their mind to it? Why can't they sit down and have a conversation with their high school coach and say, hey, you know, is this what's best for me? Will you do all this work for free? Or do I need to go out and look for somebody else? Plenty of college, pl plenty of professional athletes go out and have multiple coaches. Tom Brady doesn't just have his quarterback coach at Tampa Bay. Tom Brady doesn't just have his strength tra training coach at Tampa Bay. I know y'all are really smart, Coach Franklin, Bob Schiff. I know y'all are really, really smart. But these people that you're guiding, they're not very smart, apparently, because they don't open their minds. They don't listen. Whatever you say, people are going to dive on and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's my last point. To the college coaches out there jumping on that video saying, yeah, 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 we throw that film right in the trash. Man, you better get out of the game. Get out of the game, big dog. The game ain't for you. It ain't your job to decide where recruiting film comes from. I've done that before. Yeah. My time of coaching college football, I used to say, yep, we're too good. We don't need to, we don't need to watch this third-party recruiting film. You know what happened? We won one game the next year and the year after that. Who are you to say where a recruiting film comes from? And you know what you're doing? You're putting an open invitation to tell any college football coach, I'm bad at my job. I mean, that's the craziest thing I ever see when I jump on this and I see college coaches jumping on and saying, yup, that's right, we do the same thing. I'm like, what? How many national championships have you won? What if your competitor does? Now, I, didn't, I, don't see, I didn't see any specific names that did it, or I'm not going to read off any specific names that I saw quote that from college coaches. But what if your rival wins the national champ? What if you're in the state league and you watch Whitewater every year? What if they do it? You know, if you're at, in, in the GLIAC, what if Ferris State does it? Ferris State's the best team in the league. What if Grand Valley does it? They're right there. Those are the two best teams in the league in football. What if they're doing it? What if they watch recruit film from a third-party service? You're going to let your pride step in? Get out of the game, big cat. Aim for you, man. That's the stuff that I couldn't stand. As much as I'm not crazy about the direction that Coach Franklin and Bob Shipley mention, um, and they talk a little bit on there um, about, hey, you know, we, 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 don't, we don't agree with it. We don't think you should be doing it. Again, I don't like the fact that you're telling people that they just shouldn't do it. Okay, but that also is just your opinion. Like Bob said, it's just, it's, it's kind of irrelevant what our opinions are. I don't agree with that, Bob. I think it is relevant because your message is really, really important. But for college coaches to jump on there and talk about, yeah, 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 we do the same thing. You're just doing that because James Franklin's saying it. Get out of here, man. Kick rocks with that noise. All right, get on there and watch every ounce of film instead of sitting in your computer playing solitaire. 
All right, or sitting around watching cool YouTube clips, just like my kids do. Get out of here with that noise, man. College coaches talking about we don't do that either. Let James Franklin not do that at Penn State. That's fine. They're beating Ohio State every couple of years to win the Big Ten. Get out of here, man. You're a small college program. You should be grinding, watching every ounce of film ever. And I'm going to tell everybody a quick little story. Because, again, if you ever want to contact me at getaaron.com, we'll have a conversation. I'm not a huge fan of parents paying thousands of dollars. My goal, and I work with multiple high schools all over the country. I do have some individual clients that I give great guide, uh, guidance and advice to. I don't think you should be paying thousands of dollars for recruiting services. I agree with you on that. Okay, But at the same time, some people need help. People need help. I'm going to tell everybody this quick little story. Okay, I worked at North Dakota State for two years. I was, in a, I was a graduate assistant. I didn't have a recruiting territory. Coach Bull in the first year didn't give me it, wanted me just to focus on my job. I, I Actually, it really helped because I was able to focus just on what, what my responsibilities were. So you know what I would do? I would sit there and I would just watch film of all these recruiting service films that came through because no one else was going to. They'd come from California. They'd come from all over the place. So I'd watch them. Young man came across out in California, ended up playing for the Bison, played for four years, won a couple national titles, straight from a recruiting service. Not telling you it's right, not telling you it's wrong. That's the problem we have with recruiting services. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you it's right or wrong. It's what's best for you and your family. Talk to your high school coach. Sit down. People won't listen to this message. No one will share this message. Okay, because my logo doesn't say Penn State or Texas on there. Okay, but the reality is talk to your family. Talk to your high school coach. What is best for you? If you don't have the ability to pay for a recruiting service, call me at getaaron.com. My cell phone's right on the website. I'll leave it to you right now. 231-557-2961. Call me right now if you can't afford to pay for a recruiting service. Let me know how I could help you. I'll, I'll put my money where my, my mouth is. I'm not going to sit here and just throw stones from the sidelines. I'm not going to sit here and just say, don't pay for a recruiting service. Maybe I can help you. I don't know. Maybe I can. Maybe I can't. We'll have that conversation. Then we'll deem what's best for everybody else. That's the problem I have with when people start talking about recruiting. It's always one-sided. Recruiting services. Horrible. 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 Don't do it. Because James Franklin said it. Get out of here, man. Not consider and listen to that. So hope anybody had a chance to listen to that. I think it's really, I get, actually, I kind of had to tone myself down there a little bit so I didn't make any mistakes on anything I'd say. Hope I, uh, people get a chance to listen to that. Listen to both sides of it, okay? But I don't think people should be paying a ton of money for recruiting services. I would like to see that get eaten up by the high school athletic programs, but who's doing that? You know, who's doing that? I am. I am doing it at getaaron.com, G-E-T-A-R-E-N.com. Reach out, love to talk to anybody about it. Now I want to talk about our next uh, questions and solutions portion. This was a lot of fun last week. I talked to some people, and we talked a little bit about um, college athletics and some different things. This was actually a pretty good one. I appreciate this. This is from John over in Macomb. Hey, John, appreciate it. I have a good friend in Macomb. Um, uh, this isn't John here, my friend John, but this is another John in Macomb, beautiful area. Um, just north of Detroit. And everybody who's from Macomb that I played with is always like, yeah, 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 we're from Detroit. And I was like, get out of here, man. You're from Macomb or Shelby Township or something. But John from Macomb, I thought this was kind of fun. And usually I'm pretty serious, so I thought I'd jump on this one. Again, thanks to anybody who sent uh, any emails out to info at getaaron.com. This was pretty funny. LeBron or Jordan? I mean, we are in the NBA playoffs, and I do know that LeBron just lost in the, in the first round of the Suns. Um, the LeBron to Jordan, it was, that, it was that simple. I thought I'd jump on it, me and my... Uh, I mean, me and my Sharks used to have this conversation all the time uh, in the meeting room as we were getting ready for practice. We would actually try to talk some football too, but this came up a lot. LeBron versus Jordan. I'm not going to play the fence and say I think it's two different people. I think in, in, when you look at it, I think Jordan's both the best athlete and the best basketball player of all time. Um, I just never saw Jordan lose like this. Okay, When he was with the Bulls, when he was at his prime, I never saw him lose the way uh, LeBron did at Cleveland. And now I want, know he won a title there. Okay, and he had to go up against the, the Warriors, which isn't easy. But, you know, I never saw Jordan lose like that. I never saw him lose in the first round like this um, because I still think LeBron is pretty darn close to his prime. I don't care what anybody says to me. His, his physical talents are still really high. Okay, so to me, it's still Jordan. Um, when I think about the way he was able to push that team, the way I think he was able to, to – it's not just carry that team because LeBron has more than carried teams before. But – Jordan's talent started to wane there at the end, but it wasn't as bad as maybe people want to think. He just adapted his game to the the, the shooting and his, his patented fadeaway in the, in, in the 90s when he was doing that. It was really awesome. Um, so I, I'm going with Jordan, John. I appreciate the email. I thought that was fun. You know, I don't get a lot of fun. Everything's pretty serious with me. Um, but that was a, a really good question. I thought I'd uh, jump on there and have a little bit of fun with. So coming up, an interview with Marcus Thatcher from the GLIAC. appreciate Marcus coming on. And for anybody that took a moment to listen a little bit about my my statements on, on recruiting services, again, I think what you need to do is what's best for you. 
sit down with your high school coach, talk about what is the best for the, you know, the family, uh, the, include the high school coach's advice and take it from there. Um, so again, looking forward to talking to Marcus next. Welcome back to State of Play. I am joined now by Marcus Thatcher. Marcus is the assistant commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Marcus, thanks for joining us on the show. No, thanks for having me, Fedrosi. I really appreciate it. Marcus, we got to know each other. You were at Saginaw Valley, right? When we got a chance to, we first first time we ever met, you were working yeah. there. It was a year, maybe two, and then you um, you left and kind of now you're the assistant commissioner of the GLIAC, which I think is awesome. You know, I got a chance to see you at the ground floor and now you're big time. You're way up in the, the exactly big high Exactly. So. Yeah, that's exactly. I did start in 2014. I actually had my 14. first, yeah, my start out my athletic media kind of career and was at yep. Saginaw Valley. I was actually a student athlete at Saginaw Valley yep. where I ran track and field for a couple of years. Um, and then, yeah, I made that transition into the to the back end and then yeah made that transition into the conference office life yep. so yeah yep. it's definitely said hit the i was on the ground floor and kind of made my uh, rise <laughs> yeah i mean i like to see it like you know you kind of see it pretty natural in anything people start in a you know a program they work themselves up um so congratulations to you yeah, and, and everything you. that you've been able to do and again i appreciate you coming out about a, you know i guess it was almost two weeks ago now right. Um, I put a pretty tough criticism out yeah. there about the GLIAC and everything that's going on. And you responded, you know, I, I was actually driving out to Iowa when I stopped and pulled over. I saw that you made a comment. I wanted to, you know, I appreciate you reaching out. I've learned in this day and age, very few people want to have conversations right. and discussions. Right. They only want to hear their one side of it. But here you are, Marcus jumped out. I was tough on Chris. I was really tough on Chris. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't name you in the podcast, right. but I appreciate you jumping out and getting a chance to talk. So I'm going to give you a few minutes. You know your response to, to some of my criticism or my thoughts from the you know the episode one of state of play. So Marcus, take it away. Any any response or thoughts that you have based off what I covered in the first episode? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you were definitely critical, but I will say some of that stuff. You know, sometimes is a little motivating. You know, for at least from my standpoint, to kind of hear some of that stuff. You know, again, you compared a lot of it to sports, and sometimes you hear some of that stuff. You're like, oh, you know what this? You know this competition or even somebody, you know, my friends or my teammates think this, you know, maybe we do need to, you know, do a little bit better job here, do this here. Um, you know, I will say though, you know, it, it is tough to, of course, put all the blame on say on one person, you know, coming to at least defend, let's say Chris or even Dell going back to Dell's days, you know, right. it was tough because, you know, Dell did get, you know, did get a lot of criticism when we say, I feel we call it the mass exodus, you know, back in right. 2015, 16, when those six schools all left for Ohio, right. it was tough. And, you know, I get it. Dell was the leader at that point, but, you know, there was some tough criticism on him and, you know, it is frustrating, right? Because from at least the outside, you know, perspective might not necessarily see some of the conversations or some of the stuff that went into some of that inside stuff, you know, at the, especially I would say at our D2 conference level, a lot of it is kind of, you know, at that point it was like, what do the 16 schools, you know, how do they all think? How do they all, right. you know, agree on something? So it is tough trying to make all 16 happy. And then, you know, currently now it's trying stuff to make all 11 happy, you know, with Ashley right. leaving right now but you know so that, that is kind of the toughest part i think that we have to try to you know that we at the conference level deal with is you know trying to make decisions that are going to make all 12 or all 11 schools or all 16 schools happy um so you know that that is tough now of course that doesn't necessarily come to well how come those schools left you know that doesn't answer that question right you know uh, i think we can get into that a little bit later but i do think from you know the gliac standpoint i do think you are right with yeah we're one of the top conferences if not the top conference in d2 and so when you do see some of these schools leaving it is really discouraging i mean when we found out northwood was leaving it was a tough week for us in the office right we were really really disappointed because i think like you said the rivalries that they've created with saginaw valley and other schools and then even the level of competition that they've played at even this year in the GLIAC, you know it's tough that those guys do want to make that jump um and so let me you know again so you start to take a look at you know well what what does make those schools want to leave you know uh, from a promotion wise, you know, marketing, I, I'll give you that, you know, one thing couple, a couple other conferences do have on us that it's tough is let's say a digital network, you know, the GMAC, the GWC right. has their digital network. Now, we've been trying to, I would say, so that was an intern, but trying to push for that. And some of our schools are kind of, I don't say stuck in their ways, but they really value their network deals that they have. You know, Grand Valley right. has their sports network. Right. UP schools have what, you know, their, uh, you know, some of their streaming and upper in 
TV station that they're broadcasting on. They really value that. And we have Wayne State and Detroit. They have a, I believe they have a deal with Comcast that they really value. So it's been tough trying to kind of break right. that up or get into that. But, you know, we are really strongly working on, you know, how can we expand our digital game? You know, one thing at the compass level we do have to sell is our championships, you know? Right. So that's something I think we are trying to look into is how can we elevate our championships, you know, how they look, um, at the venue and then how they're being covered digitally, you know, how they're right. being promoted, I think is something that we're looking to really kind of dive into. Um, I think, you know, what some of the success we've had, we've had had, um, let's say in the digital age is our social media is definitely, you know, as a comparative to the GLBC and the GMAC in the Midwest to say our numbers kind of blow them out of the water a little bit. Right. <laughs> you know, I know they do a good job, but I do know, you know, sometimes those those guys even will call me and turn to me, hey, you guys are doing this, you guys are doing that. I saw your Instagram stories. How is that working? You know, so I do think, um, you know, we, we do, you know, a lot of D2 conferences maybe across the country do kind of turn to us and some of that social media um, promotion, you know, ask, get some insight on how we're doing because, you know, we do have some decent success there. Uh, I will say too, we, we did also have, you know, it's, of course it's been, you know, this COVID age has been so super tricky to navigate. Um, you know, trying to do stuff in person or not in person. But back in 2019, we did bring back our in-person football media day. Uh, and that was awesome. And I think that's right. something that we're trying to run with. I said, I'll even break this here on your podcast, some breaking news here. We will be doing a virtual football media day this upcoming year. You know, okay. We wanted to do right. one last year, but we weren't able to do it. Uh, this year, we are going to do it virtually. And we're, you know, I think the problem with the in-person one is, you know, I, I came on board in, I think, June. And I think we started in, uh, we started the media day in August. So there wasn't that much time to really, right. you know, kind of get everything together. But we have been working on some stuff and we are going to put together a media day for this upcoming year. It's going to be virtual. But I think, you know, getting some of those alumni, which you talked about, you know, getting some of those guys to talk and message, right. you know, um, you know, our student athletes and tell them what they're a part of, tell them exactly what their stories were in the GLIAC. You know, I think that'd be so big for us. So, and we have been trying to do some of that. You know, we did a little get to know the GLIAC. Uh, we've been putting out some interviews and I will say the biggest problem is some of those guys don't have the time, man. Uh, I wish, like, I said, I've messaged Judon a couple of times specifically, and man, he does not get back to me. So Matthew, Judon, if you hear this, get back to us. We'd love to have you on. But, you know, I do, um, you know, agree. I think uh, promoting those guys, some of the past stuff in the GLIAC, I think, course i think one we can do a better job of you know definitely but i think that's something that will you know that we're that we are working on and that we are trying to again promote because like you said i think that you know hearing from some of those guys man those stories really um can help inspire motivate and you right know, people, the student athletes can relate to that you know it's like wait right. judon was playing against me here you know or you know judon's playing in our conference you know played in these rivalry games that i'm about to go play in like right except for recruiting standpoint that's such an easy sell you know right. i would say but it is tough so you know we are definitely trying to work on all that stuff you know i definitely think there's room for improvement for sure um, you know, I know, again, when we were able to attend games, I was at a football game every weekend, trying to get some content because that's, I will admit stuff we didn't have at the Glee. Right. We didn't have sideline right. HD footage of football games, you know, so that is stuff we're working on trying to grow digitally. Um, and yeah, hopefully, again, we can continue to, again, promote ourselves and kind of really right. make our footprint in that digital age, you know, and showcase our top athletes, you know, and right. not that are currently playing, but are also have played, you know, in the GLIAC in the past. So, you know, definitely the criticism, I'm not saying it was hundred percent warranted, but I will say there's some improvement and there's some work to do for sure on our end. So, and, you know, I guess I can pass along that we are working. Definitely. Right. We're definitely trying right. to make sure we are right. elevating that. So we do have a plan. Uh, we are trying to work on it. You know, and I, and I said, I hear you, you know, cause I also hear, but, you know, I was thinking as, you know, rewatching the, your interview last night just trying to you know get some tidbits and some rebuttals and you know of course i hear your opinion but i also hear some other opinions from that people say are you doing good this good here good here so i think it's important for us to listen to everything you know of course right. we have people praising us but i think it's important to listen to alumni who you know would like to see more and who you know and, and like i said being discouraged because yeah some of our top schools and some of our uh you know long-standing rivalries or traditions are trying to break away and that you know, right. could easily rub some people the wrong way, including myself. So I agree. Right. I do think that it's, you know, we have to kind of, you know, maybe take a step back and look at it, you know, and take some criticism and it's okay. Well, how can we apply that? How can we better right. ourselves? So yeah, that's just kind of, you know, 
at least my rebuttal from what you kind right. of went on yesterday right. or last week and um, last, yeah, yeah, ready to. Well, I, I appreciate, you know, I think when you look at, you could, you know, this isn't, this isn't the SEC. You're not talking about right. revenue sharing of 15, $20 million. <laughs> so I, I understand that, right. you know, but again, when I think about it, you think about some of the conference realignment that happened seems like four or five years ago now right. when, you know, Texas A&M leaves a big rivalry, mm -hmm. but they go to the SEC. I mean, you can see the value of that. You can see the monetary right. value. Maybe you can't point to that in the GLIAC. And again, I'm still going to be tough on Chris. That's why you sit in the big chair. Yeah, you know, right. listen, I tell people all the time, you don't sit in the big chair to have everybody pat you on the back. You right. sit in the big chair That's to take the arrows. Point. And right. people don't yep. like to hear that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, it's why I talk about like CEOs and everyone thinks their lives are so great. It's not right. as great as you would think. People think, oh, it's so easy to make all that money or have all that title. It's actually very challenging. It takes mm -hmm. a, a very big toll on you. This is why. Yeah. And I, I really think she and you all need to hear that more. So is why I made that statement. But let's kind of keep going a little bit with the glad. Because like I said, this isn't this isn't the SEC. You're not going to have a school leave to another conference and gain 15 or $20 million in revenue right. sharing. But still, when I see the schools leave, and I'm going to touch on this next, yeah. I, I don't understand the competitiveness there. So let's jump on that. But I do want to touch on, um, I, I do want to touch on this topic here real quick. Mm -hmm. You know, my big concern is the numbers, Marcus, I'm going to be completely honest with you. How is the league going to survive? And I, you may not be able to dive into details. I'm not trying to walk you into a rake here and have, you, <laughs> you know, say something you're not supposed to say, Marcus, how's the league going to survive? How are we going to continue to have some for, I mean, the Grand Valley Ferris rivalry right now is the premier almost in every sport right. in, in the country. You know, what yeah. Wayne State and Coach Winters have done in football and really all the other sports. I'm not as familiar with all their coaches, but Wayne State's rise in sports and really mm -hmm. the last 10 or years yeah. has, in my opinion, been one of the most incredible things that I've seen at the Division II level. They For were sure. not very good in almost every sport when I was in school and shortly after. What the UP schools do with their oh, challenges. Yeah. I know. And my concern, Marcus, is the yeah. league. How is the league going to survive? No, I, and I said, I get it. And again, you're not the only one asking that, you know, definitely. And yeah, you're right. You look at our numbers. I think you brought up baseball. I mean, I think we look at our swimming and diving. You look at other sports, you look at our men's soccer, you know, yeah, it's tough. Women's lacrosse. Yeah. So you're right. Our numbers are down there for sure. Um, but, you know, I will say we are, you know, let's say men's soccer. We, ha we do have a couple affiliate members. I know that's not solving the okay. case for everything, but I know that's, you know, one way. That's one way we are starting is trying to get some affiliate members to come in and play in some of those specific sports where our numbers are down in. Uh, but then, you know, I will say the membership discussion has been, I don't want to say ongoing since, you know, those six schools left, but it truly right. kind of has been, you know, the membership discussion, I feel like hasn't stopped. Um, so, you know, since then, we were able to bring on, say, Davenport, Purdue Northwest, right. um, and then we were able to bring in Parkside, you know, so um, that we have had some success, you know, bringing in some of those schools. I know it's like, what, that'd be like seven out, I think three in now, so I know the right. numbers don't balance out there. But, um, you know, we are still trying. And then we're also having those schools even look into, you know, studies on what sports they could start, you know, because, right. um, you know, that could, you know, that could not say solve all of our problems. But if, you know, all right. of our schools had all of our sports and right. we'd be in good shape, you know, but right. I get tech and Northern Michigan aren't going to have baseball, you know, because right. up there it's right. a little tougher to play. So right. I, I understand that. But, you know, again, at that point, I will say our membership discussion is ongoing and we are, you know, still actively trying to recruit schools. You know, you know, might not, you know, maybe we need to pick up the, you know, the, the media side a little bit to, to get those schools to take notice of, hey, man, all right, these guys are doing something. You know, maybe we right. do belong there. But, you know, I do know we're having those conversations, you know, on, ongoing conversations, you know, and not just, it's not just our conference, you know, for employees that we have, it's our ADs, it's our presidents, they're all kind of right. you know, joining in on that conversation and that recruiting pitch. So, right. you know, and, and I think that's, you know, how we, we're going to have to survive is one, we're going to have to have our teams keep, keep competing at the level they are, because that's, right. you know, what makes us who we are, like you said, you know, our, our, slogan, our slogan is where champions compete. And, you know, we you know, believe that's super true. And that rings true with the teams that we have and the athletes that we have competing in there. So, right. you know, and I think it's trying to find some more schools are, all right, yeah, who wants to come and compete, right. you know, where champions compete. And right. again, I, I think we are having those conversations and they are promising. And so I'm just hoping that, you know, again, maybe episode seven, I can come back on with some better news, you know, Hey, there you go. We got this okay. school, you know, 
um, coming in and joining us, but we are having those conversations with, you know, with schools, with football playing schools, with baseball playing schools. So, right. I mean, yeah, I agree. Those numbers do kind of jump out and say, wait, like, you know, how are they going to, they're not going to have baseball. They're not going to have swimming, soccer. How can you be a comp, you know, so we're, we're champions compete, you know, that doesn't make sense. So I, I will say from the outsider's perspective, I mean, even from the insiders, it's tough. It's like, man, those, those numbers are a little low, but you know, again, I just think that we can kind of, you know, from our side, just really trying to pitch to those other schools, you know, hey, right. this is what we have to offer. Come on and join us. And then even to our schools now, hey, keep it up, you know, right. promote those guys and play those guys, you know, hey, invite those guys to your campus to play or maybe go to their campus right. to play, you know, form that relationship and then let's see what happens. So, you know, it is, you know, we're trying, we're trying to encourage everybody to do their right. part. We can try to get, you know, again, get those numbers up and, you know, get, well, talking, a, yeah, yeah, talking a little bit about where champions compete. Let's segue to kind of this yeah. next portion I want to talk about. It might be our last because I want to talk about this and I don't want to, you know, I, I told you as we were talking, I don't want to have this be a 30 or 40 minute conversation. I want to have you be able to give your points out there. <laughs> I want to touch on a few things and I want people yep. to be able to consider some thoughts. Definitely. You know, the, 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 the second point that I made was my um, frustration with the inability for people to compete. You see it nowadays. This is not just GLIAC, GMAC, yep. GLIAC, GLVC. If you follow what happened to University of St. Thomas out in Minnesota and what happened in their league, they were kicked out of their own league because they were too good. Mm -hmm. And I, this was, I was still coaching at the time and I was, I sent it to my players and I told them, I said, this is what the problem is in society. People are afraid to compete. Mm -hmm. And because St. Thomas has beaten people 77 to nothing, the, the members vote them out of their own league right. that they started, by the way. And I have a real frustration with the, this isn't your, your topic really to dive into, but the athletic yeah. directors, the presidents that have left the GLIAC, I have very little respect for their ability to compete, in my opinion. I'm a, it's right. one man's opinion. So I went back and I was even contacted by somebody through the GMAC, the coach right. through the GMAC. And this coach talked about my comments being short-sighted and childish based off my criticism to the GMAC and the teams that are leaving, including Northwood most, most recently upcoming, right. I think in a year, they'll be transitioning yeah. Yeah. out. So I went back and I wanted to do some research because I thought to myself, it's like, you know, you know, maybe, maybe I should look at this. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're going to a better league because I've been out of the league for a year and a half. So just on a quick, very, very simple snapshot of the research done on the World Wide Web, I looked at sports and wanted to see who's competing, who's winning championships. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, at the end of the day, these schools are leaving and they're going to the right leagues. At the end of the day, based off sports, men's, obviously men's football, men's and women's basketball, men's and women's track and field, men's soccer, women's soccer. The GLIAC has had 28 national championship appearances, 28. Yep. From seven different universities, Marcus, seven yeah. different, not seven different programs. We're not talking about, you know, it's all Grand Valley, <laughs> right. Or all Ferris. right? Okay. You're talking about seven different universities amongst the time going, I went all the way back to 2003. Yeah. Okay. And in, in many cases, these teams have won the national title in football alone. You have had in your league, three schools represented in the national championship game. Yep. Now it's been since 2005, 2006, since Grand Valley won it. Grand Valley's also been represented in 2009, but you've had Ferris and then you've had Wayne State. Yep. So for someone to say it's only two programs, because that was another statement, it's only two programs. And this, this, this coach felt like they were competitive against everybody but Ferris and Grand Valley, which is the standard statement. Yeah. That's not the case. Wayne yeah. State's playing in the national title. Mm -hmm. You know, Saginaw Valley's men's soccer team, coach center Kale Wasserman, a good friend of mine, plays for the national title. Yep. So I don't understand the argument of this is just as competitive as a, as a league. So what does it say? I know your job is the, is the, is the GLIAC. You don't represent, you know, you do represent kind of everybody, but ultimately right. this comes down to the presidents. So for the presidents that are choosing to stay in the GLIAC, I applaud you for the presidents leaving. I don't have any respect for your competitiveness. What do you say as being part of the GLIAC and part of a league where do you see a lack of competitiveness amongst leagues across the country. This isn't now you know, specific to the schools that you are still representing, the ones that left. That's yeah. my job yeah. to crush them. But as somebody who's in a league, do you see a lack of competitiveness out there within leagues? You know, to, to some standpoint, I will say yes, definitely. Um, you know, and it's tough because like, like you said, you know, we do feel, you know, again, speaking specifically from the GLIAC, you know, we do think we're at the top, again, conference in the D2. So to maybe leave and for whatever reason, um, I don't think 
<laughs> say it's so tough. I don't think we can say competitive is a you know to compete in a in a better conference. I don't think is something that they can say, you know, when they do decide to leave the league. I don't think that you can come out, oh, well, we wanted to leave, you know, because we wanted to compete in a better conference or have better competition. I don't believe you can say that, you know. So it is tough, you know, and, and you ask, you know, well, yeah, why do these teams, you know, make that move? You know, they can give you every excuse because they travel, because, right. you know, they can't compete with scholarships because they can't compete with location or, you know, whatever it is that they their excuse it is you know i do think maybe at the end of the day leaving the glad sometimes it does come down to you know yeah we might not be able to say to compete at this level or we might not be able to win a conference championship or maybe ncaa birth you know because that's what some people just you know are just looking just to oh hey we got into, right. we got into the right. tournament that's what we did nice congrats you know we can do that however many years in a row whereas you know I would say, yeah, the schools in the GLIAC, they're competing for national championships. Our GLIAC track and field, our GLIAC track and field meet is sometimes, I'd say, sometimes it can be tougher to win a GLIAC track and field meet than it could be winning a national championship. It's it's wild how how deep we are and how competitive our conference can be. And so, you know, yeah, when, when schools do make that jump, I would say it is kind of tough to sit there and, you know, tough pill for us as well. Like, okay, well, you know, it can't be competitiveness because this is our, our league competing. And it's not because, you know, if you want to compete for a national championship, like you said, that's our, our league's doing that. You know, our teams, right. our programs are doing that. You know, I think one of the things too is like, you know, the Harlan Hill award, we had four over the last 12 years, we have four GLIAC guys win the Harlan Hill award. Now we had Jay Rue Campbell, I believe went it twice there. Uh, but we had Jay Rue Campbell. We had Vander, no, sorry, we had Vanderlaan, Jason Vanderlaan. Jason, twice, yep. yep. And then Jay Rue and then Joyke Bell, you know, from Wayne State. So, you know, we have, we're, we definitely have some of the top athletes come through our conference. And, you know, we, so we pride ourselves on that, you know, that that's who, that's who we're competing against is the right. MVPs of the top athletes. And so, yeah, you know, to, to make that leave or make that jump out, you know, it is kind of, you know, you do kind of sit back and it's like, you know, well, it can't be because of competitiveness because that's what, you know, our conference right. competes and we, uh, and we're thriving in that level. So, you know, it is a little tough to kind of, you know, sit back and watch that. Yeah, and again, I think it's more of a societal problem, to be honest with you, Marcus. I don't think that. I don't think that. That's why I wanted to make both points on my first episode because I is as discouraged as I am with with, with, again my one man's opinion, though maybe the lack of promotion of that stuff. At the same time, there's a whole other side of it that the presidents decide wherever they want to go, and it's not just the GLIAC and the GMAC. Again, you're seeing schools leave the big, the big, you know, the the big levels, highest levels of sports. You're seeing uh, again a big transition happened about five or six years ago and you see what happened at the same time behind me sits the 2003 GLIAC championship um, plaque where we won the GLIAC championship in 2003 and and we did not win the national title that year because we got beat by another GLIAC team in the playoffs right right? and the thing about it was what that drove the rest of us to do was not to as as players this is when I was playing was not to give up and not to quit we wanted to go out there and battle um, even more so again Marcus I appreciate you coming on Um, I think there's it's a, it is a tough conversation again. Right. <laughs> and, and I, for you to stand up here and actually take this conversation, it's very different from what happens in, in normal days, especially on social media. People only want to hear oh, one yeah. side. Yep. People only want to be involved in what benefits them. And for you to mm-hmm. come on, um, I really appreciate it. You have an open invitation for me to do whatever it takes to help this league. I'm supportive yeah. of this league. I know on podcasts, you're supposed to be unbiased and just give some thoughts <laughs> and opinion and facts, but I want to see this league survive. Right. You know, you talk about it. it's not just the Matt Judons of the world and the players. I use Matt as an example because obviously he signed a big contract with the Patriots right. and he's one of the most recent football players. But you're talking about some coaches that have worked their way up to the highest of levels. Right. A couple of years ago, we have Jerry Kill yeah. as the Big Ten coach of the year. Yeah. And he started his head coaching uh, career at Saginaw Valley. You have people like Kale Wasserman, who's now a Division One yeah. uh, men's soccer coach. You have the, the Ashland women's basketball coach. Her name is, is Robin, escaping right. me Robin. from it. Robert Frey, right. like, yeah, who and she goes on this, the Bowling Green and yes. the Mac champion. Yeah, you're right. Unbelievable I know. It's, it's crazy. And these right. types of stories and these type of connections. My last little piece of, of yeah. research that I did is I went through some of the rosters. You know, I went through some of the rosters, some of these teams, and you're talking about Grand Valley football still has 52 kids from the state of Michigan on their roster, yeah. at least yeah. currently when I looked at right. it recently. Wayne State men's basketball, 13 of 16 are kids from Michigan. Right. And obviously they're right in the heart of Detroit, so they have yep. a good recruiting base, but still to have 13 of 16 kids. Uh, that's just in, in, in women's basketball, it's 14 of 16 in Wayne yeah. State. So at the end of the day, one of the pieces of, of conversation I had on my first episode was, if I am a parent from Northwood and my kid's gonna go play down in West Virginia, 
I, I would be so discouraged by that. And like I said, my first comment was I would call that school and I would maybe ask for my release. I'm not interested in, in, in seeing my kid go play down in West Virginia and bypass all these schools that we could come see and play. This isn't, we're not, this isn't the University of Michigan and Michigan State, which most of their rosters are not state-based. Here in the GLIAC yeah. and in this league, you have a chance to see people that are grown right in your own state, families that don't have to normally travel across the country, but in this case, there are. So again, yeah. that was kind of my last piece of frustration. So any last comments that you'd like to make, Marcus, before we wrap I up? I couldn't agree even more with that state last statement there. The travel piece for those fans, man, I, I do. I don't, that's one, something I don't understand. And that's something I will say we, you know, we tried to pitch to, to Northwood that, you know, the, the travel piece, it's like, man, it's like, yeah, you're going to be leaving some of these rivalries. You're going to be, you know, your, your closest rivalry is what, 20 minutes apart at Saginaw right. Valley State. And now you're going to have to build a rivalry, you know, with somebody else. You know, I know they've played Ashland. I know they've played Tiffin. I know they've had some, you know, uh, some, you know, history with those schools, but I don't think it beats, you know, um, you know, your rivalry, the Axe Bowl. It really doesn't. Right. And, you know, and then attendance wise, we, one of the other things we were trying to pitch to them is, you look at our attendance at our football games, it's people go, you know, people travel to, you know, when Grand Valley travels to Northwood, those fans travel, you know, I was right. at the, the last Grand Valley Northwood game at Northwood, that Grand Valley side was packed, you know, right. our average fans, I believe, you know, we, we looked at this on the D2 level, our average fans per game, I think was almost 4,000. Right. And then if you look at the GMAC, it was only 1,000. So, you know, that's right. a 3,000 people difference of average attendance in games, Right. you know, right there. So, you know, I, I agree with you there. Like, you know, if I'm a, say, if I'm a fan, uh, yeah, it will be tough, you know, having to travel outside of the state, your closest rivalry is going to be Hillsdale, you know, that is right. going to be, um, yeah, say a little tough pill to swallow. And, you know, yeah, I, I don't know if the atmosphere will be as good because that's right. just, you know, and then again, that's not to knock the GMAC. That's not to knock anybody. That's just, but the tickets that are sold. That's facts. Yeah, it's exactly. True. Yeah. That's just the number, the numbers don't lie there. So people right. attend our games more than they attend the GMAC and the GLBC games. So, you know, it's, you know, people do want to watch our GLIAC schools play. So yeah, I, I do feel bad, you know, for, you know, for, for, for those students who maybe, you know, might not have that atmosphere, might have that atmosphere right. diminish a little bit because of the competition they're playing. But, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, say hopefully those rivalries, you know, can at least somewhat continue. And, you know, hopefully Northwood and Saginaw can still continue that rivalry. It can still be a big right. game, but, you know, it might not mean as much because it's not going right. to be for a Gliac game. So that will you right. know, definitely kind of diminish it a little bit. But again, I really appreciate you having me on. Let me, you know, give a chance to rebuttal here. Right. Um, say, I look forward, I watch, you know, most of your podcast. So I look forward to see what you have, you know, this week and then upcoming weeks as well. Thanks. And like I said, I know I was tough on Chris and I'm going to continue to be tough on yeah. her until she gets this thing aligned correctly. Cause I want to see this league continue and yep. continue to get, not only get back up there, but maintain sustain yeah. for the student athletes that sure. uh, have opportunities, not just to compete for championships, but to compete at the next level. Yep. You know, there's, you know, you can't just have division one sports and then wonder why kids, you know, aren't playing sports as much. So I'm certainly mm -hmm. um, pulling for you guys. I certainly appreciate your comments and everything that you had a chance to make. So, Marcus, thanks for your time. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we look forward to hearing back from you soon. Awesome. Thanks for joshua Appreciate it, man. We'll see you. All right. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks, Marcus, for coming on talking a little bit uh, about the GLIAC. Again, I think it takes a, a lot. As I'm learning, people like to make a lot of statements on social media and then not follow it up or talk about it, especially when they get criticized. Uh, but I appreciate Marcus for coming on and talking a little bit about the GLIAC. You have my support and whatever it's going to take to improve that league. So again, hope anybody that got a chance to listen and watch enjoyed the uh, conversation. I want to talk on this last piece about what happened at the NCAA basketball tournament this year. Um, for anybody that got a chance to follow, you know, the NCAA basketball tournament was, was much different this year. Um, they were able to play it, and there was a bubble situation, okay? They, you know, the boys um, and then the girls played in like a bubble, okay, like they did in the NBA playoffs. So I guess, oh, geez, that was almost a year ago now. That seems seems forever ago, okay? But they played in a bubble, and there was quite a, a, a really good viral video of a young lady. I forget if she played for UConn or what team she played for now off the top of my head, uh, but she showed the, the disparity in the weight room, and I I was so flabbergasted by it. My initial thought was this has to be wrong. It was so bad. My initial thought was, no, this can't be right. She's got to be just showing just one little corner of it. And she's just trying to get famous and be, you know, look at me person. And then they looked her into it more and it wasn't. And I was so embarrassed for the leadership of the NCA that I was, I've been mute about it up to this point. I'm a supporter of the NCA. I think the things that they are doing, a lot of people don't understand. 
are to help the 98% of college athletes, but this is one of the biggest failures I think I've seen in my time of being associated with college athletics, whether it be a player or coach or you know, whatever it is I may be doing. I was, again, my initial response was no way. She's just trying to make, make a name for herself. And then when they looked into it, and, and I think it was Holly Rowe went down there and it's like, what are we doing? Like how on God's green earth could you make that big of a mistake? It's one thing to say like, okay, you know, we didn't include as many squat racks or something. Like we had a ton of, we just had so much cardio and free weights, you know, and we didn't get enough, we didn't get good advice that, 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 that the teams and the players do more like lower body training or something like that. But to have that kind of oversight, and I'm not gonna blame Mark Emmert. I, I just, I, I don't, it's someone has to be involved in that level of college athletics, like on the women's side that was overseeing that. Mark Emmert can't be everywhere. It's his job to to take the criticism after the fact, okay, and then to correct it. But my goodness, who was in charge of that? You are terrible at your job, and I'm just sorry to say it. Like there's, again, you may make a mistake, and oh man, you know, we had a little bit too much of this or a little bit too much of that. Let's try to rally it up. But to, to have as little of facilities uh, that they had to work with, it, it's just flat embarrassing. Um, and that leadership, again, I don't know who was in charge of that. I'm not gonna blame Mark Emmert at the top or the next person, but whoever was in charge on the women's side, because it was two separate sites. So someone else had to be involved in that, other, separate from the boys. Ah, they might not even had communication for all I know they were trying to rally it up. What an awful job. And it does kind of come down to, you know, where are we at with women's sports? This is, I, I, I do think that this is a pretty tough conversation and a, and a tough challenge, because the thing that, I always talk about with people when I talk to them with athletic recruiting, education, and navigation is women going through the recruiting process, young, young women and their families going through the recruiting process. Women are so much smarter and so less driven by the emotion of recruiting, um, like, like things like social media and all the, you know, they got to, you know, young women and their families just don't, I think it's great, don't feel the need all the time to throw out that I went on these visits because they're so much smarter. You know, girls are just smarter. It's just, you know, nature of it. They're generally much more controlled and they have better understanding as they're going through the process. But then we get to the next level and the exposure isn't there, you know, and, th and that ultimately falls on a lot of things. We'll talk about some of those comments here in a minute. It falls on a lot of things. And then to have that kind of a disparity at the championships, my, I just... It's hard to fathom. It's hard to understand what that means. I have a young daughter, and if it, I don't know if she'll end up playing any sports at all. That's you know up to her, and if she takes to things. But boy, to see that as a parent, how how frustrated and discouraged you must be. But it's kind of where we're at in society, you know. And, and what's going to change it though? I'm not going to sit here and talk. I mean, it's obvious. You know, you turn on ESPN any day, you're going to see men's sports dominating. Okay, and you got to remember ESPN's in a business. Okay, so they have to go where the viewers are. Okay, I'm not gonna crush ESPN for showing more men's versus women's, but is there not a better way that we can create more, uh, more, equality isn't always the right word because it's a sport, it's entertainment. Is there not a way we can create more exposure? I mean, is, is that where we're at? You know, we're so one, um, we're so driven by one sports network. And that's the truth of it. Fox Sports, I think does a phenomenal job, but ESPN's still the big dog. They still run things. They, they kind of set the tone for everything. And I thought Holly Rowe and the people associated with ESPN did a nice job of diving in there and getting that situation corrected. But the fact that it had to come from a, from a young student athlete on one of those teams, that's embarrassing. You know, and, and we've got to get to a point where people value just the game more. And that's ultimately what the solution is to this. The solution is that people have to value the game more and not get so caught up in all the extravagance. They don't get caught up so much in all of the pomp and circumstances that come along with sports. And that's a human problem. I don't know, so that's where I'm saying, I don't know if it's gonna change. I really can't sit here and tell anybody that it's gonna change. But what I can tell a parent or anybody that has a young daughter that's interested in playing or associated with it, yes, you may not get the exposure, but the experience will be unbelievable for you. To be a part of a team, to be able to experience the things that, that come along with being a college athlete, the networking that comes with you are seeing women grow in every sport. I was watching a basketball game, boy, I can't remember if it was the Nets or, or, or the Bucks, or it might even been Dallas um, when they were playing Los Angeles. There was a, a woman coach on the sideline. That started to become more prevalent. I know Becky Harmon kind of started that trend. It's gonna keep growing. You're seeing women working in, in football, and that's gonna to continue to grow those things, like the, you know, the, the excitement to watch. 
you know, women's sports in college. But the reality is when we got to that situation, again, my first inclination was, because it was so bad, my first inclination was, this has got to be just, you know, some girl trying to steal the limelight, but then it wasn't. And then my, my focus shifted from, you know, kind of almost like what's going on here to embarrassment. And we've got to, as a society, value the sport more than we value kind of, you know, what's what's going on out on the, the field. I, I think when you watch any kind of women's sports, it can be a very enjoyable, it can be a lot of fun, but I don't know if the exposure is there and for some reason society doesn't just want to dive in the same way they dive into men's sports. I'm not going to crush any, but it's your own prerogative. You know, you can... You know, you can enjoy whatever sport you want. That's, you know, it's kind of part of living your life a little bit. But when I just, I cannot, could not believe we got to that point in this day and age that someone wasn't remembering their fundamental approach was, you know, we should be providing equality in the sports revenue as best as we can. Again, the NCAA and these colleges can't control ESPN, okay, even though they work up contracts with them. Um, that, that's maybe a conversation for another time. Uh, maybe they should be doing a little bit better job, but that's a business venture. But when it comes down to the basic necessities of playing the game, boy, what a failure. What an absolute kind of, it was really a disgrace, you know, and, and it was corrected, but it never should have even gotten to that point. Again, it's one thing if we're sitting here talking about they had less equipment um, in one area, or maybe they didn't have as many dumbbell racks or something. And it's like, man, we only had, you know, 10 and the boys have 25. Eh, okay, well, let's just get that corrected. That's a simple fix. This was a complete failure from the NCAA standpoint. So I'm usually so supportive of the NCAA. This is one of the times that they did the absolute worst job of oversight. I, I, I certainly could have imagined. So for any of the young women out there still aspiring, keep pushing you know don't 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 let stuff like that discourage you i think that's probably the biggest message that needs to come back away from that you know don't let don't put in your mind as a parent as a family um, as a prospect that that's what's going to happen to you don't think so negatively about it all the time that's part of the issue when it comes to men's and women's sports you know you, you think about it negatively going in you're gonna have a hard time making a difference and making a change so just kind of keep pushing through so again i wanted to touch on that i just I, again it's a short i think it's a short conversation because it's black and white this is not there's no gray in this at all this was a complete failure from the standpoint of the nca and how they set up um that site um, so there's really not a lot of there's no debate <laughs> on this in the first segment i think there's a lot of debate but in this debate i just wanted to make sure i threw that out there um, and talked a little bit about you know we, we can't fail people like that Again, you can't fail people in the fundamental elements of what their sport is or maybe what their responsibility is um, for, for leadership. And we got to do a better job uh, of that in this society. We got to do a better job of that in this country and, and, and everywhere I think that uh, that we are. We, we can certainly do a better job. So again, not, not, not a lot of debate. There's no debate on that conversation. That was an awful job by the NCA. And I don't think they'll make that same mistake twice, but we can't make the similar type of mistakes as far as forgetting what our fundamental um, approach is. So again, for any of the young girls that saw that, keep pushing through. Don't let that discourage you. Don't think that that's going to happen to you when your opportunity uh, comes up. Parents, families, don't don't think that that's going to have that's going to be the experience for a young uh, daughter if she goes on to play college athletics. Um, they'll have a great experience, okay, and being part of a team and the, the things that they'll learn and the growth opportunities that they will have. It, it's re really going to be of high value. So don't let that discourage you. If it did, maybe it didn't for anybody, um, and I hope it doesn't because we should just continue to push that through. So for a last question and segment uh questions and solutions segment um i got an email from beth in pennsylvania just thoughts on the portal okay great question beth thanks i've talked about this a lot um on social media uh, i discussed this as you know i put some blogs out about this i do not have a problem with the transfer portal i have a problem with the guidance leading to the transfer portal and this is both ways beth Okay, when you look at what's going on from the student athlete standpoint, they're the ones that get the most criticism. People, you know, coaches that don't know anything, okay, love to jump on and say, these kids are just diving into the portal. It's crazy. They don't stay the course. College coaches push them into the portal too. Okay, these are one-year non-renewable contracts. And again, I forget off the top of my head if there are any schools that have that have decided to do four-year um, uh, letters of intent the NCA. I can't remember if Northwestern did adopt that or not. I know they were talking about it. There was consideration. Okay, but these are one-year renewable scholarships. Okay, they do not have to renew that scholarship next year. So if a coach tells you to go into the portal and you should transfer because you're not going to, you don't have scholarship next year, they're not doing anything wrong. They're not doing anything wrong. You may not like it. Beth, you may not be excited about that conversation. I agree with you. Let's talk about that more. Let's see what we can do if their change needs to happen, but they're not doing anything wrong. They're actually giving some student athletes good advice because if they don't have a scholarship for them that next year, it's really hard to afford the price tag of some of these colleges. Okay, so I actually don't dis I don't disagree with what the college coaches are doing. What I do disagree with is the prospects, student athletes that are jumping into it 
just assuming that they're gonna get something better on the other end. Now, if they're getting good guidance from their family, they're getting good guidance from their high school coach, if they've gotten good guidance from the college staff that they've sat down and talked with and everybody is in agreement, a change is necessary, I'm fine with it. I'm good. This is not real life. This is not a, a marriage or a, a child or anything. This is just a sport you're playing. Okay, there is a big financial price tag attached to it, but if you, air quotes, leave or change, this is the time to do it. This is not, we're not talking about leaving um, a real life entity here, okay? This is not life or death, okay? This is something where if you feel like change is necessary of all the things on earth, this is the, this is the element to do it. Okay, so I have no problem, Beth, with the transfer portal and what its intended purpose is. Okay, it's to give kids opportunities, and now the NCAA has granted Division One to Division One transfer one time. Okay, the problem I have is the guidance leading into it. Okay, again, I touched on it earlier, Beth. The college coaches do have some, you know, they do have some some rights to sit a kid down and say, "Listen, we're not going to renew your scholarship, and I think you should enter the portal." They're not wrong. You may not like it. It may not ethically be what you're fired up about. That's another conversation. Let's have that conversation. I'd love to talk about that, whether I believe that's ethically right or wrong and what we should be doing about possible one to four year scholarships. But the reality is if that conversation happens, that's part of the deal. It's part of the deal you sign up for and you go through this recruiting process, which is what I try to educate people on, Beth, as far as understanding that that could happen. But you need to know that now as you're going through the recruiting process, not worrying about going to photo shoots and cool jerseys and walking through the stadium. Okay, but the reality is the problem I have with the transfer portal, Beth, is there's bad guidance leading into it. Okay, how do you know that it won't work out better next year? If the coaches aren't pushing you out the door, how do you know it won't work out better next year? That's the problem I have. And I don't know if the guidance is there, uh, Beth. I think people are just jumping in, assuming that they'll be able to find a better spot. And while there are some that are going to make a new opportunity of it, there are going to be a lot that are going to be left with nowhere to go. And I would like to see places like ESPN, places like Sports Illustrated, maybe The Athletic do an article next year on the kids that did not find a landing spot. Okay, because we need information and knowledge about the kids that do not make it so that people then can formulate their best decisions for them moving forward. There's nothing we can do about it now. The kids are already in the portal, already in the portal and have moved on. And in many cases, that college does not have to take you back and they won't. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say a college is wrong for not taking anybody back. But the reality is we really need to think long and hard about the guidance that we are giving these young men and young women about entering the portal. Okay, from the parent, from the third party side, you know, just to guarantee that you're gonna get a better opportunity is, is to guarantee it is a bad piece of advice. And I would encourage anybody to make sure that if you are going to enter the portal, you have had mass amount of communications with your circle, that includes your high school coach. Even if you're, you know, obviously you're in a college, you should still involve your high school coach because they have a great understanding. You should involve your family, people that are really invested in you. So Beth, the, the question about the portal is not whether it's right or wrong, it's whether it's right or wrong that we're giving them the, the, the proper guidance. Okay, so really think about that for anybody that's considering the portal. So thanks Beth for the question. John from Macomb, hope you enjoy your time in, uh, you know, in Macomb this summer, beautiful place. Try to get down to Lake St. Clair maybe if you can, awesome place, thanks for the email. Again, I enjoyed the conversation earlier uh, about the, the Coach Franklin video and, and Bob Shipley's response, um, kind of to my thoughts on that video. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, women's sports and what the NCAA, I think, failed to do with, with the, uh, the tournament um, this, this past year, um, and hopefully there's going to be some continued growth on that side of it too so thanks for everybody who jumps on again open invitation to bob shipley coach franklin to come on and talk a little bit more um, about you know where we're at with recruiting services love to have anybody jump on that feels like they have some thoughts on women's sports leave an open invitation to anybody just like how marcus jumped on thanks again for marcus i think it takes a lot of um again i use the word temerity and stomach to be able to jump on and hear that criticism not, not sure how much criticism is thrown around about the gliac i i can't say i'm super in tune with who's out there throwing stones at the GLIAC, but I did, and Marcus jumped on and answered some questions and talked a little bit about the direction, so I really appreciate his thoughts and guidance. So enjoy the rest of your week. Look forward to talking to everybody uh, soon.